2: Greetings, you've landed at the VUC, IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank SimWood.com for their support. SimWood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSip.com, and you can go to GetOnSip.com for a URL people can click to call you. We've been privileged over the last five years to be using the best conference bridge on the planet. Yes, I'm talking about ZipDX.com, full-color, full-featured, full-HD conference bridge. Our website, VUC.me on the web, is hosted by Bluehost.com. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Okay, with that fanfare... Just another quick announcement here before we welcome Ben and Aaron from Known, which is withknown.com. So a couple of events that are coming up, and I wanted to mark them. Uh, 16th of April in London, Cranky Geek. You'll have to Google it because there is no site that's concerned with that event. Next up would be, also in London, the Hackathon, the Tad Hack, 11th and 12th. So it's actually there first. And then Camellia World in Berlin, and, of course, the big hackathon in Lisbon, 13th and 14th of June. And October, there will be Klukon and Astracon, of course. So here we are. That brings us to today, somehow. And Dave Michaels hasn't uh, given any signs of life yet, so hopefully he's fine. I'd like you to welcome Ben and Aaron from No Cleverly Got Out of Pronouncing Anybody's Last Name to Mangle It. So Ben and Aaron, Aaron and Ben, welcome. Hi. Thank
3: you. Hi. Thanks, thanks for
2: having us. I should, I don't know if this is a disc, but. Um, I actually use Known, and I'm a, I'm a paid subscriber, so uh, let that be known. I think it's a fantastic project. So you're co-founders, so why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit and tell us how you started Known?
4: Yeah, I mean, so Known is a. Um It's a single site for all your content. The idea is that you should be able to communicate as easily from a space on the internet that you control as you do from uh, the spaces you don't like Twitter and Facebook and so on. Uh, And so what we did is we actually created an open source project um, to allow you to do this that was first part of what's called the IndieWeb community, a community of developers, of hackers, of designers who are associated with companies like Mozilla and Esri, as well as uh, being independent.
3: And that's also where we met more or less. So um, we had both been participating in this community and Ben had started working on this project for his personal websites, and we met, and it was really similar to something that I was trying to do, but I wasn't able to with other open source software, and that's where we really came together and started collaborating on it um, at that point.
4: And did was we actually, um, so we're calling in right now from uh, Matter Ventures, which is a uh, it's kind of a values-based accelerator, but it's actually it was actually foundation by PRX by KQED, which is the NPR and PBS affiliate uh, here in San Francisco, um, and they, you know, supported us and helped build this platform uh, as a way to give people more control uh, on the internet over the over their communications. Um, and so that, that, there's a couple of aspects to that. One is to uh, connect to other people in a peer-to-peer fashion, and another is simply a place to put all your content that you, know, you can feel secure isn't going to disappear. You know, we, we see services vanish all the time because they go out of business. If you own your own content, uh, that's not going to happen. So you always get to keep a copy of everything you have, everything you post on the web. Also, um, you know, getting to use the social networking services and these great app experiences uh, that, are, you know, that everyone else is using. You don't lose anything, your own stuff.
3: Yeah, and I would say also we really started out at the very beginning working on a platform that we could use to power our own personal websites with this idea of how can we publish all of the content that we might want to share on different websites and different social networks. How can we publish it all from our own website first and then send it to those networks and other websites and how can we still interact with people on those social networks and how can we interact website to website um, with our friends who also have their own sites and blogs and publish. And so starting with that idea um, what that would look like, how do you interact socially between different social networks and different websites. Um, we started with our own websites and just sort of exper- and, um, set out to really see, like, what can we build that would work for other people as well.
2: And I have a, a thing that I can interject here because we can show this quickly to show how, if I was doing a post on my own site, how I can enable the various uh, syndication things. Uh, I'm just quick, which you can see now, and then we will go back to... Wait a minute, present to everyone, sorry. I think that would have been on the YouTube, though. So here you've got all of the different um, uh, connections that I've made, and um, Ben or Aaron will now tell us, list which what things they've got going and what maybe is coming in the future.
4: Yeah, so I'm mean, with the kind of the text-based social networks. So Twitter and Facebook uh, were big ones. Um, Foursquare, when we started, was actually a bigger honestly a bigger thing than it is now, so the um, Square. We uh, have LinkedIn, um, we've actually got SoundCloud as well, so you can upload audio and push it to SoundCloud.
3: Um, we have Flick, so if you're posting an image, you can share it to Flickr, you can share it to Twitter, you can share it to Facebook, you can share it to LinkedIn.
4: And so what's cool is that, because known as, a, as fully open source, um, a lot have been building other connectors. So uh, Digo, the sort of academic bookmarking tool people have built a connector to. WordPress, which is obviously, you know, that's 23% of the web. Uh, people built a connector over to WordPress as well, and more of those are coming. Tumblr uh, is another one. and the, um, And then, you know... So we what we do is we look at the plugins and also bring them into um, you know bring them into our hosted service. so we're like WordPress. you can install it on your own site you, if you don't want to mess around with service, you can also do us and so we bring we check out these community plugins, we put them uh, onto the hosted service uh, as well um, and Google plus is is coming um, you know we've worked really hard, it's very really hard actually to post. Ah, uh, to Google Plus from an external application. Uh, we've worked directly with Google uh, to to make it handle plus pages. So that's coming a little later on. And it's cool to see uh, to see Matthew here, uh, who I guess has just joined from from Matrix, because you know part, part part of communicating through your own uh, site is you know sure, status updates, photos, kind of usual social network stuff is great. But there's a lot more to that as well. I think, uh, that's particularly relevant, of course, to this group of people. Um, you know, is kind of being able to initiate calls, being able to actually uh, start communicating in various ways uh, between people as well. And that's definitely that's definitely on our on our radar.
2: Okay. Anybody have any questions so far?
4: So, I mean. What I was thinking is, I mean, would it be all right if we maybe showed you some of the things that we're doing? Um, is that is that a reasonable thing to do?
2: Absolutely. I think that's a yeah,
4: good I, idea. I for
1: one would really like that because um, uh, because I've been so busy recently, I haven't I'm the only person who really grasped exactly what your thing does. So I would <laughs> oh, very no, much no 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 no.
5: No. I actually need some info as well. So I I kind of like but I'm a longtime WordPress user, Twitter user. And you know, have gone through manually connecting things to Facebook and this kind of stuff, and realizing that it's so. Um, but please do shine a light, show me the error of my ways.
3: (laughs) And definitely, like that's one of the things when we started doing research and really talking to people, trying to set a lot of um, people who use WordPress and other platforms for their sites, and they were trying to connect all of these different social networks through a variety of different plugins so that they could share their audiences on all these different platforms and really having a lot of trouble getting everything to stay up to date and stay connected. And so, especially with the hosted platform is make that connection as easy and seamless as possible. And we're also right now thinking through solutions um, that will let us help people who are self-hosting um, so it's even easier for them as well
4: so here. I'm gonna start by showing uh, this is actually my personal site uh, and which is kind of known site uh, number one because it's four. and Right, I'm, I'm showing this on a laptop. What's important says we know people are using um, Smartphones to access the internet over half the time So just as well on a smartphone as it does uh, on, a, on a desktop, but it's easier uh, for the purposes of this tool to, to um, demonstrate it on a laptop. So let's say I want to post a state of the screen before. I, I'll just say I'm demoing known. Apologies for the sound of my keyboard. And I'm going to say right. I'm going to hit. Uh, I'm going to hit the uh, my personal Twitter account. I'm going to hit my personal Facebook account. For the purposes of this, I'm also going to hit our known Facebook page. I'm going to hit my LinkedIn and I'm going to hit our LinkedIn company and then I'm going to uh, hit publish. And so what's happening is it's going to post to my own site, but then it's going to hit links as well. So um, we have a series of links at the bottom here. Um, And what's going to happen is if people reply on those sites, come back in. So I'll demonstrate that with this blog post I wrote a little while ago. And here you can see, so I've written the blog post. It's here on my own site. And we're actually pulling some uh, comments from Twitter. We're pulling in uh, a local comment from me. A local comment from someone else and uh, and some likes. So this one didn't get any play. You know, we're, we're, I have a copy of all of my interactions uh, in one place, and that means that it's actually easier to search. So if I um, I look for everything I've written about the Indie Web, uh, I can find all of my content about the Indie Web across all of the platforms that I've post to, and uh, one's going to be mine. Um, so so that's, a, that's the first thing. It's kind of a record of everything I write. It's a record of all of the responses uh, that I've had. So say this is Erin's site right here, and she uses it more as a kind of uh, personal status update. Um, and so she wrote this uh, a little earlier. Just reply. I can reply to any site on the web from my known site. So I'm just going to hit reply here. This is a Firefox integration, and say I want the dawn, if I can type, from um, SFO this morning, which I did, it was beautiful. And what's going to happen, I don't need to syndicate that anywhere else. I can just hit publish, and what's going to happen is that I get a copy of my reply on my site. We reload here, if it was, uh, if it was picking up, there we go. Um, we, um, we see that we both actually keep a copy of all of our interactions. So there's quite a few people. Obviously, Aaron and I are both using it. Uh, there's a few people using it for different reasons. Um, so here is mostly—he's now mostly using it for check-ins. He's using it for photographs as well. Um, Warren here is again mostly using it for, for personal notes and that kind of thing. Sort
3: of like a, a life diary or a live stream. Yeah,
4: kind of a life diary or a live stream. And so we actually use—we've got a number of known sites for different reasons uh, as well. Notes. So we're thinking very heavily about podcasts right now. Um, It's something we're really interested in, uh, and we want to help people both publish and discover them uh, more easily. So keeping some notes. So um, here you can see it's Aaron, in particular, has been writing a lot, uh, saving a lot of bookmarks on our private uh, multi-user known. You can see this, um, although, of course, Until now.
3: Uh, yeah, until now.
4: <laughs> until now, exactly. But it, it's it's private. It's access control. It's multi-use. So what I can do, if I want to save another um, bookmark to it, uh, let's say this this website which I happen to have come across, uh, I can just use the bookmarklet and save it to this private uh, to this private note. So so the idea is you can reply to, you can save any resources that you find on the web.
3: So I've been using this site for us because we're trying to just gather a bunch of research and ideas and accumulate um, different blog posts and articles that people have been writing, resources they've been sharing about podcasting in general. So I, as I go through th- my day, I come across the blog post that I think is interesting, something worth saving, something worth sharing. I'll just, um, from the bookmarklet in my browser, save it to the site. Ben can come check it when he has time. I can also send it to our company's channel. That integration is there. And that will notify Ben that I've saved this uh, if I want him to know about it right away.
4: So I think it's worth saying we didn't really go through this. So it comes out of the box with a couple of content types. Uh, we've got status updates, we've got photographs, we've got locations, we've got bookmarks, and we've got audio. If you save audio, it will create a full uh, podcast feed. So you can use that as a, as a starting point. Um, but each of these is also a plugin, So it's very easy, if you're using the self-hosted version, to extend known with different content types, with different themes, with different ways of processing all of this all of this content. So it's not you know you can use it out of the box as is, but we you know we, we've designed it to be extensible, and we're adding more customizability um, to the hosted version over time as well. It's also worth saying that you don't just have to respond to um, you know when I said that you could reply to anything on the web, uh, so it's not just static resources. Here, there's a tweet. And I can actually use that. And this is the only way I tweet and reply to tweets, is uh, I can actually use that to tweet here. So it's, again, using the Firefox integration. The bookmark would would do it. Um, We're going to have some apps later in the year. Um, And I'm just going to say this is a publishing via SMS. I'm just going to say for my personal account, publishing via SMS would be really cool. And here, because I want it to go on Twitter, I want it to come from my Twitter account. I hit publish and so again I get the reply on my own site uh, and I'm always going to have a copy of that but publishing via SMS publishing via SMS would be really cool it shows up on Twitter as well hmm. um, and so that's known in, um, we you know it can be used as a personal site it can be used as a multi-user collaborative space uh, it's you know we started with text but it's absolutely not limited to text uh, and it's really about connecting and publishing uh, from your
2: own website. I have a couple of questions because this is a more technical audience than um, a general audience too. Uh, I myself tried to. I would have. My first reflex would have been to self-host because we have a ser- You know, we have a dedicated server, uh, and as it happened, we didn't have the right. And I don't remember the details. And this is part of my question. We need to know what versions of what software are required for self-hosting. And there's another question after that. But I just want to mention that I've hosted because we didn't have the version, and I'm not capable of changing versions because of the way the server is set up. We don't completely control right. it. So what are the requirements first of all?
4: So, known requires it's PHP based, it's it's a lamp stack. So, um, known requires PHP 5.4 and above. It requires some uh, extension. It needs things like XML RPC, it needs um, OpenSSL, a couple of, you know, a couple a couple of things on top of that just to Really deal with some of the cross-site interactions, uh, It then sits on the Apache web server by default, and it uses the uh, what's called the mod rewrite plugin in um, in Apache uh, in order to kind of serve up its, uh, its pages, all the pages known are virtual. Uh, other people have created, have ported it to Nginx and other and other uh, server. Um, but Apache is, is, is what we have out of the box. So you've got to be able to run PHP 5.4 with the, uh, the various extensions. And most of them, they're fairly common extensions. We're trying to cut down on the list of extensions over time. Some of them, like XML RPC, we uh, are not going to be able to cut out. But the, um, so we have those. You do need to be able to run an htaccess file in your Apache environment to run those rewrite rules as well.
3: Yeah, and our goal really from the beginning has been to try to be possible for as many people as possible. So one of the things we did right at the very beginning of the process was start to interview a lot of people who were interested in hosting the software themselves, get a sense of what kind of platforms they were using. And one of the things that we found out was originally the platform um, was built with MongoDB, and a lot of people on shared hosts couldn't use that. That was an inaccessible step for them. So we made a change there to switch it to MySQL as one step to make it more accessible to a wider audience. And we've been doing a lot. PHP, the PHP version is another one that um, people who are using a shared host run into, because a lot of times the shared host has a much older version of PHP. And if you are a customer of a shared host, you're not always able to make that update. Sometimes you can request it with the provider.
4: So uh, on the on the database note, I mean, Claudius, the, audience, the uh, so MongoDB uh, seemed like a cool idea at the time, because it was um, you know we don't want to impose a schema, and we certainly don't want plugin authors to uh, write their own database code, and so you know it seemed like it seemed like it was a relatively good fit from that standpoint. The trouble is, people on shared hosts, a lot of people don't know what to do with that, and. It actually has some I'm going to say mixed press uh, right now. So uh, so we moved to MySQL because red host that's usually what's provided by default, but it is a uh, it's a very abstracted database layer. It does still support Mongo if you want to run Mongo. Uh, and I know a lot of people have been asking for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's an easy thing um, to add. I think we will be adding that uh, this year. There's, you know, people, there's couch. I've heard a lot of talk about uh, couch as well. But, you know, all of that is possible, and we have one of the few database abstraction layers that I'm aware of that handles both NoSQL and SQL uh, database backends. Interesting. um, So we are trying to make it as adaptable as possible.
2: And uh, another question on that level of uh, self-hosting. Are there images for Amazon or what is uh, Ocean, Digital Ocean or anything? I mean, maybe not today but is anybody thinking about that? Or is that maybe a, something that users should do? Good, u- uh, Advanced users? So
4: users um, so there is a uh, like a Docker container that's community provided. There's uh, we definitely want to have DigitalOcean. We ourselves, I mean, the host is AWS as the back end, So Amazon images um, are something that we could totally uh, provide, and we're we're thinking very hard about that. Uh, the, you know, and that's part of owning your own. It doesn't have to be on a box. You know, in your office, it can also be in a virtual space, a virtual server that you own. Um, on someone else's infrastructure. So, yeah, I think that's really important. But what you can do then is take away all those worries about the PHP extensions and the PHP versions and all that stuff you don't want to worry about. And you can also support things, you know, support technologies simply will never be able to support. Uh, and there's a lot in the modern-day web stack around um, real-time communications, around, uh, you know, what kind of thing, that. I mean, you're not going to be running on a on a shared host. It just, it's, it simply won't work. So uh, it gives us more flexibility too.
2: And also um, having um, having images available would, uh, would pretty much attract people who like to play around and who have accounts at Amazon or DigitalOcean or yes. one, there must be tw- 20 cloud services who are doing this now. And um, this is the ideal way. This is a way that I would try something, for example. And uh, as it happens... I looked at installing it, and as I told you, PHP version. But you, no, we now we can move on to the hosted uh, part of it. And um, as I happen to have this domain name lying around, I um, hooked that up. And uh, actually, I got uh, service from Ben himself, who uh, helped me debug the thing. We had a cookies issue. so people can have their own domain. Uh, and I have a question for you on this too. This is a tra- press, kind of a trap question uh ssl server if i wanted to be S slash that's a tricky one isn't it
4: it's um yeah tricky is an understatement i i will try and keep my language clean on that one because really it, um, it's something we're really concerned about we understand that security is you know we believe very strongly in making sure uh that everybody has security um there is an issue with the way SSL is provisioned these days um, and the way it's handled by virtual infrastructure like AWS, which means that it's very difficult for us to provide a secure environment for custom domains. And in fact, you'll find that WordPress.com and Squarespace both don't provide that as well, right. which is, um, you know, in, in a world where really everybody should be encrypting all of their communications, I believe, uh, it's really frustrating. So it's... It's something we care a lot about. Um, we're interested in the approach taken by services like Cloudflare. Uh, but the you know, we've also you know that that again is 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 hard. And we are we are still pretty small. You are looking at the entire known team. So the um, it's kind of you know, we need to make make a way for all businesses and hobbyists to create secure environments. Uh, without too much overhead. And that's the way we're going to um, find ourselves at a secure web. Uh, right oh. with certificate signing requests, with server installations, is hard. And, you know, speaking for Amazon, their um, Elastic Load Balancers will only support one. Mm. So you'd better know about all of the domains that you want to secure uh, before you deploy it. Uh, you can't actually run a, d- a dynamic uh, service for someone else. Uh, and that's, that's really frustrating, and that's something that... Um, you know, we are talking to both registrars and certificate authorities about. It's something that we
3: want, absolutely. Yes, definitely top of mind for us.
2: Yeah, and it's. Uh, I underline the fact that this is not coming from any problem that you have, but just the way things work. Uh, a couple of comments that came through. First of all, um, Jim asked, and I admit I only know one of the words in this sentence, Is this a combination of Buffer and Evernote to some degree? The paradigm, obviously, and I know what Evernote is. Uh,
4: Tell us. So, Buffer is a service that allows you to line up, to queue up social media posts uh, to post this. Uh, And they're really cool. We like Buffer for all kinds of reasons. Uh, They're very transparent about their company as well, which is kind of awesome to watch. The... um,
3: yeah, I would say I of that analogy, like buffer plus Evernote, buffer plus WordPress, something like that. Um, we definitely see that. A lot of people, if they're using it specifically to um, social media presences on a variety of different networks, especially with the pro version or the self-hosted version where you can attach multiple Twitter accounts, multiple Facebook accounts, things like that. Um, the one bit that we don't have right now is the, that would sort of really make that analogy is the scheduling. So the ability to set the time that you want a post. And that's something that we've been talking about um, for a while as well. And we're looking at bringing in uh, in the next few months is ability to sort of set the publishing time for that post. Have that infrastructure up and running. I noticed
2: that there's something, and I forgot the name of this, uh, but it's, it has to do with connecting to Facebook. There is a third party service. Remind me what that is. Talking about otherwise, I have to go look. It's something Lee, another extension that talks knowingly. No, it can't be that. In other words. Oh, Bridgie? Oh, Bridgie. Bridgie, I'm sorry. I couldn't remember the name because I don't know what it is. What is that? Because that's part of um, what you're doing, too. It's available anyway.
4: Yeah, so Bridgie is another open source project that came out of the Indie community that we did. And what Bridgie does, it actually is the piece that provides, that brings those interactions back into your site. So you're posting to Twitter. Bridgie is the thing that is sending uh, your interactions from Twitter. And it's doing that over an open protocol called WebMention, which GNOME fully supports uh, into its core. Uh, and we have we work really closely. Our, our teams are really good friends, so it, it it's very easy for us to uh, to build direct integrations. And so we have uh, a connection integration in known right now into We're Going to get deeper.
3: Yeah. So we um, use Bridgie as a third party plugin for Twitter and Facebook to bring the tweets, the retweets, comments on Twitter, favorites on Twitter, likes on on Facebook back. So all those social interactions live on the original post on your site. Um, and right now you do it through a plugin in in the known uh, back end in the future that we can make that even deeper so that you don't even have to go through the process of authenticating with Bridgie.
2: And speaking of Bridgie, this is a good time to get Matthew to, exp- without revealing any <laughs> anything as secret between you folks, what he's been doing. What are you guys talking about? What is Matrix.org? No, we already have a whole set. I'll refer people to that one. Go ahead, Matthew. <laughs>
0: um yes uh i guess we don't have anything um to reveal um but we can be completely transparent because known and uh, matrix is uh, wonderfully transparent and open uh, but we met with um ben i think back at the web conference in paris and back in um, and had a chat about how matrix might be integrated with known as a way to provide some real-time chat and voice um into the um um, solution. Now that's been blocked on our side by having embeddable um, web widgets which could be wrapped up as a plugin that could be implemented using known existing um, the, um plugin API and it's something that we've basically been wanting to do on our side. Unfortunately it's one of those things where we've ended up with reusable iOS widgets a few days ago. There's um, something called matrix kits that we're about to release that allows you to build your own um, uh, matrix functionality into your iOS app, but Interface for Matrix is still a great big monolithic Angular web application that doesn't necessarily embed straight into something like known. So this is still very much almost no list, and I really want to have it happening. And Ben mailed me a few weeks ago saying, <clears throat> Matthew, remember how we spoke many months ago? Uh, are you guys alive? And yeah, we're alive, and I'm sorry that we don't have the plugin in yet, but um, we'll get to it as soon as we can. And trust me, the, the very first embedded Matrix client we have will be for now. I want to play with your iOS kit as well. Ah, perfect. Well, please, yeah. uh, please go and um, come on to Matrix and have a chat because, uh, in fact, I'm here with Amandine and Ren and Bryson, who work here, have been working on it for the last couple of weeks and got very excited about it this morning and gave me a big seminar, and I can't wait to play with it, too.
2: Let's give a plug for tricks.org, right? Yes. People want to know more about that. There is a VUC, a uh, whole VUC session, not that long ago. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know the number of it, so you can go to VUC.com for that. Any other questions? I think I covered IRC, anything that I saw. Oh, Matthew mentioned also that, uh, and it's true, I was perplexed by this, uh, that the plug wasn't visible on the screencast. These things happen uh, it's just the way the screencast works. So that's, again, that's nobody's fault here. But maybe the way Chrome uh, or whatever, but we guessed what was happening, but it's true that I didn't see it. So.
4: It, it's actually my fault. It's because um, it's because I screen-shared one screen rather than my – one window rather than my – and it didn't occur to ah. me that Firefox integration would show up as another window. So I apologize for that. If you didn't see it, just know that it's really cool.
2: It did, and it does work. So, did, Michael, I have flies. They're driving me crazy. That's why I keep doing this. It's not that I have uh, any kind of syndrome. Michael, um, are, you, are you more clear, or do you have any sense? Uh, I'm not getting any audio from him.
5: Self muted. I, I, yeah, a little bit. I think I'm going to have to and and, uh, and see see what this adds to the you know toolbox toolbox of widgets and and things. Um, but it looks interesting. It,
2: it is interesting, and in, uh, to reiterate in the most simple fashion I can, um, if you think of having your own space, uh, Ben was saying earlier that you just you're uploading stuff to your own space, whether it's assuming you're hosted. You're, self host, you're hosting yourself on your own server, not even going anywhere. It's just available to the web, and you have all the data. I'm pretty sure I saw... I don't need it yet, but I'm pretty sure I saw an export facility, too. So, yeah, you can do. But you certainly export all of your data, so if you're hosted somewhere, you can bring it all down. Is there an import from any place?
4: There is. So we started with Blogger, interestingly, because uh, we're in the process of throwing some people off, yeah. uh, and so we wanted to help them. But what we're doing is... The idea is that you should be able to move your site, basically with one, and that's the goal. Is to um, so from known whether it's from known to known, whether it's from WordPress to known, whether it's known to WordPress, etc. You should just be able to move and host your content to be. So that is uh, again something. You know, it, t- it takes a little while to get it right, but we are, um, you know, a lot of the code is laid down for that, and it's something that we're introducing, um, you know, before the summer.
3: And we do have a full data export, whether you're hosted with us, whether you're self-hosting. So if you're hosted with us but are thinking about to your own infrastructure in the future, um, we have our export includes, what, HTML, JSON?
4: I think we're the only hosted service that I you know of at least that uh, also provides database dump uh, as part of that package. You don't have to use it. We do provide the HTML, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but it is there if you want to uh, import it into a self-hosted node.
3: We want people to feel comfortable that their data is theirs and it's accessible.
2: And that, that is the main point. And it starts there. But rather than um, I have to do sometimes copy and paste into Facebook or something else, you're connected directly. I'm trying to remember because I haven't really used it that much. Um, Because I cross posting services as well, and they they do some do this well, and others don't with the images. So, posting a if you have a post with an image, the Mm -hmm. image goes over to Facebook. Does it go to Twitter? Because Twitter's kind of limited in what it can do with images.
4: So what kind of so what happens is um, we in the next release we're going to have Twitter cards. And so what's going to happen is you actually, because of the way Twitter works, you have to whitelist Twitter cards. Um, and, and we do provide the open graph tags as well. And if you're posting an actual photo, so your your post is a photograph, uh, and that's the first level content, uh, it will post natively to Facebook, to Twitter, to Flickr, wherever you want it to go. Ditto. like I mean, a photo is one type of image. Uh, it works well with animated gear.
2: Mm-hmm. So what about SoundCloud, for example? Um, and this again, this is one of these tough questions because I don't know uh, how those are implemented. I know that Google Plus, for example, there's only a few things you can do on Google Plus other than YouTube. And one of those things is happens to be SoundCloud. And I think that was one of the most clever decisions they've ever made on Google Plus because uh, it's a single click. So if I do a SoundCloud, I suppose I should have tried this before, but I have never done it. Uh, if I do a... We're sharing to SoundCloud, but if I haven't embedded SoundCloud is what I meant, uh, if you, what happens?
4: So if you have a status update, for example, that is a link to a SoundCloud, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, so that's, that, that's how that works. It's, it's less easy if it's, uh, let's say, a blog post that happens to have a SoundCloud embedded in it hmm. because Google+, Plus, for example, to know that that's the content. Uh, that you want you want to push out. So what it's going to do is give you a preview image, probably for your blog post. Instead,
3: but you can definitely embed SoundCloud in any post on Known, and you can definitely syndicate audio to SoundCloud if you have it. Um, if you're publishing it first on Known,
2: which is I think that's particularly interesting to Part of them use SoundCloud as a secondary rather than a primary uh, place to keep uh, their sound files. We've actually covered a lot of ground here, and. Dave Michaels has been patiently waiting too, and it's going to be his turn in a second. Wanted to get to—we've asked, I've asked you about, brought up a bunch of challenges that are tough challenges. What other challenges? And, because this would be interesting to people, what are you finding as challenges, uh, either technical or even social, as far as talking to people? Uh, so, stopping I'm you from ruling
4: the world, is that in other words. <laughs> Only time. No, um, the it's you know, any time that you're asking people to change the way they communicate, you make a big behavior change. And so part of the uh, part of the goal here is to make it as seamless as possible, to make it as lightweight as possible. Um, but there are some things that the open web platform doesn't do as well as closed services, right? And so some of those have been things like notifications which um, I know that I want to have a notification when someone replies to me. That, you know, I want that. I want the ability to turn it off, but it's something that I want. So that's that's a challenge and it's something that you know, we're, we're looking at uh, deeply. Um, and another thing has been just all the other services on the web basically are designed the assumption that you're only going to have one domain. That there's going to be a twitter.com or a facebook.com. And so Kind of what we're beginning to find is that there's, you know, we need us for, let's say, services like Add This, which allows you to, you know, add sharing buttons to your website. It's very easy for them to add a Facebook.com link or a Twitter.com link. It's much to add a, you know, BenWordmuller.com uh, link because, you know, it's obviously, you know, it obviously doesn't scale. And so what we've had to do is think about how we make that easier for those services so they don't have to care. That you know, I'm self-hosting on my own domain, you know, on my own server somewhere. Um, so providing providing bridges between the ecosystem, um, so that you can run your own site and communicate as easily as you can on those services. Those are challenges, but we are, you know, we are meeting them. In large that's our goal.
3: And on the social side, also, we've spent a lot of time talking about um, different ways that we can help connect all of these independent websites and really to something like a, a decentralized um, network across the web. And exploring different ways that we might do that, and we've put different wireframes and prototypes in front of people to get them some of our ideas. Um, because one great possibility would be the ability to find and follow independent websites who are potentially running other platforms that support these web technologies to subscribe to them, um, just like you would follow your friends on Facebook or follow someone on Twitter, and to consent just as easily, to send them messages just as easily as you would on some of these closed social networks. So that's a bigger sort of social area that we've been spending a lot of time thinking about in ways that we might address that.
2: I think it's a really, really interesting thing that you're doing. Tim has a question, so I'm going to give him time to unmute. Here he is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I, I, actually, I've got two questions. Is how, how does data migration work? So if I've been running this on a server and then I decide I want to self-host, is that something that's easy to do or is it a... a
4: uh, it's easy. It's easy to do, and it's going to get easier. So I'm, go, I'm going to give you the two answers for uh, for this, which are uh, right now and what's going to happen in a couple of weeks' time. So right now, export, and basically you get a zip that you can download that has the full database export. Uh, that has it in a couple of formats that you can, you know, run through programs and and import in a couple of different ways. Uh, a couple of weeks, and I'm being slightly cagey about that time uh, because. You know, we don't have dates on kind of the roadmap for this. We just know that we're going to do it. What is you will literally log into your new site, say, all right, I want to import it from another site, plug in the address. Uh, it will make the connection. You'll authenticate, and it will simply pull the data across. So you're not even going to have to worry about getting that zip file.
1: So my other question, which was, was that maybe I missed it, but I didn't hear you mention Tumblr.
3: There is um, a community Tumblr plugin right now. Um so someone from the open source community has been working on that and we're looking at um bringing that into the core platform in the next month.
2: Excellent. Now you only need diaspora, LO and uh drop in or drop drop in. <laughs> I'm on every one of these things not about once a year but still. Uh anyway, anybody final call for anyone who has questions that weren't answered while I'm waiting for people to unmute on DX star 6 to toggle your mute state. Uh I think the only way to really see what this is is to do what I did, which is to just go open it. There's still free accounts, as far as I know, so go (laughs) check it out and just play around with it and see what it does, because it's really, really interesting, and it does fulfill an important need if you're connected to 50,000 different social networks like I am. I'm still searching for the perfect platform, and I think it doesn't exist, but Known is really an interesting, uh, and I think that it's relatively new. And uh, you really want to check it out. By the way, before we let you folks go, uh, a quick reminder that this actually the indie movement, right? The indie web. The indie web movement. So we yes. should probably tell people how to check that out and and learn more about that because that's a, a more general and wider movement.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So in the indie web movement, uh, it actually runs a number of indie web camps. Um, Throughout the year, there's actually one happening right now in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There's going to be one in Portland in the summer. There's some in Edinburgh, in New York. Uh, it's worth checking. Worth checking that out. Um, the website at indiewebcamp.com, webcamp.com, is a wiki that has a whole bunch of information uh, about the technologies that we use and other projects we use. It lists a bunch of projects, um, and so the IRC channel, which is indiewebcamp on freenode, just go in there and say hello.
2: Cool. And there's one more question or comment from Matthew. I'm just Dave because I can see he's there waiting with bated breath. Uh, Matthew, what were you going to say?
0: Sorry, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, just a final thing, Ben. I saw in the um, um, Twitter demo that you, um, in the known um, uh, demo, that somebody was asking about SMS integration. And yeah. um, I don't know if you saw that I answered on Twitter, but um, something that could be used providing a free SMS gateway via Matrix at the moment. Um, That wouldn't uh, involve embedding the whole thing in as a web client. You could just use it as an API if you wanted to basically publish stuff out for free for now. Let's
4: make it happen. That's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you.
2: That's what we do best here at VUC. We connect people. We're trying to do. All right. Without further ado, thank you, Ben and Aaron, very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you Thanks. so much. Hope to see you again, or maybe you'll come back, yeah. uh, of course. But I know you may have other things to do. Uh, here he is. Without further ado, let's see what. Uh, let's see. How about this, Dave? Mint. Dave Michaels. Here he is.
6: All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I. I don't. I put a, a drone roll or I got nothing to follow after that. Um, I got nothing exciting or innovative. I just got. My um yes, you I, do, I do impressions. I can yes, do that. you do, Dave.
2: You don't you don't show up often enough. It's been years, but I would like you to lower your laptop. We're only seeing your eyes right now. Uh, laptop. Uh,
6: laptop.
2: Okay, we're good. I got, I
6: got. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I, got, oh. I got. I got uh, no laptop.
2: Okay. There. Well, you the webcam. Anyway, now we can see you. So you were at some obscure uh, convention of uh, last week. Tell us a little about that.
6: Actually, no, no, no. This is the obscure convention of geeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at I was at an obscure convention of marketing people. True. Uh, the, the the geeks know to stay here. Uh, so yeah, no, I was at Enterprise Connect, and uh, I had a, a it's, it's for me the busiest week of the year because a lot of the vendors try to make their do their timings around Enterprise Connect, and mm-hmm. I think that's crazy because it just gets lost in the noise. You're better off before or after. But I, for me, it's always the busiest week of the year, just because I, I somehow manage to cram in, you know, meetings. The, the day starts, the alarm the alarm clock goes off usually with a six, and you're, and you're literally going from event to event, to meeting to whatever, uh, all the way until, you know, past 10, so uh, for three or four days in a row. So a very busy event, very busy week, and uh, happy to share with you some thoughts and I think Tim was asking asking initially about the innovation showcase, but I, I could talk about other stuff. Whatever, wherever you like to go.
2: Well, for the first question I would have is what, because there must be some major one top one topic that's the, creates the most buzz and thing.
6: Well, you know, i, I, the top I three. I'm sure that everybody thinks so. Um, no, I it, it's uh, there's the the so Enterprise Connect it was a 25 year anniversary. Uh, the show does not have that name the whole time, you know, so it used to be known as VoiceCon. And VoiceCon, that'd be a, more, a simpler answer. You know, how much, what's new, latest, greatest in the PBX? Wow, this year it's voicemail. looks like voicemail <laughs> has finally arrived. Uh, but, uh, in, in, uh, Enterprise, it's such a broad category of what's going on in Enterprise Communications that it's, uh, harder to pinpoint any particular innovation or theme, because uh, you've got the video presence and, and, um, you know, of course, of, of course, voice. You've got mobility going on, and things like what, what we just saw here. You know, so uh, I got, I got, uh, you know, and I'll answer these questions. I got asked by somebody else who has the most momentum, and then, and then I also said that you know, who has, uh, where's the puck going, right? So, what, what, where, where is the puck actually taking? What uh, one thing to talk about where the puck is, and one thing to talk about where the puck is going, which might be what what's behind your question. Um, and, and so clearly, Microsoft Link has the most current momentum today. And uh, you couldn't walk more than I would say five booths without seeing some sort of Skype or or, or Link logo of uh, uh, of what of what of what these solutions integrate with. And and Microsoft uh, Zig Zerofin did the keynote, and he he surprised me actually. I I I wasn't really expecting Microsoft to really announce Skype for Business because I, I knew that that they had an event coming up for this spring called Ignite and that's kind of tied with Windows 10 and and Skype for Business has a lot of Windows 10 features so I I thought they would be kind of a little bit and uh, waiting until then but no they actually not only announced uh, Windows 10, uh, Skype for Business but they also made it uh, available as a um, uh, pilot uh, you can download it and play with it if you want and um, and they've also done a lot more. I didn't realize with the Sky for Business in the Office 365 cloud. So they've already converted the servers over, even though most even though most of the users are using Link. So a lot of momentum around Sky for Business. They they um, they they previewed it. They they made a event, took us through demos. They showed us the Surface Hub in greater detail, which is their new. Um, uh, if you have, I have a Microsoft Surface computer, which is my laptop kind of thing, and that is more of a wall-mounted type of thing that. Is basically the same thing. I mean, it's a surface touchscreen computer that you hang on the wall instead of putting in your bag. And uh, they, they took us through that. Through, uh, they announced a new Polycom device that uh, uh, will lower the cost of room conferencing in the Microsoft space dramatically. So a lot of energy around that. Stuff. Uh, and then, and then the question of where the puck is going. And uh, uh, I wrote a post on this at No Jitter. Um, Time Communications, and there's been so much activity on Nojitter that even though the post is only a couple days old, it's already off on the uh, page two or whatever, page p- below the fold is. Um, and uh, uh, to me, uh, what I was trying to conv- communicate with Anytime Communications, and and we could talk for hours about this because I'm really excited about this. Is uh, most of the UC conversation, Unified communication conversation, although it supports messaging. Most of it's really around what we call real-time communications. We use in, in, in here at VSC, real-time communications, and um, and the problem with real-time communications is that it's not how we converse. It's probably most of our conversations in email, maybe secondly in in uh, messaging-based solutions, and then third comes real-time voice and video. And, and so, uh, as a result, our conversations are getting scattered, and there's a lot of complaints around around email and how ineffective email is, because email is meant to convey communications turned into our to-do list, our our filing system, our our record-keeping system, and and so so there's this new thing that's emerging that I'm calling Anytime Communications, which tries, or excuse me, attempts to combine asynchronous and real-time communications together as a complete solution. And so, fortunately anytime it's often associated with I can work anywhere, anytime with my mobile phone. But that's really going back to mostly real time. I can make I can make calls anywhere. But uh, uh, so I don't know if the term anytime will last or not. But I think this is where we're going. Uh, Cisco the, last year at Enterprise Connect, I would say there was one solution on the show floor that nobody uh, in this category it was made by BIBA. Um, this year there were I think five solutions on the show floor. Um, Cisco launched Spark, which got in, the, in their keynote, and uh, and I think Spark is very very interesting. Uh, you've got Beavis still, you've got Econo. Econo is kind of mostly in the video camp uh, as the as the as a gateway type of solution, but they have this concept called Co Spaces, which does the same thing or a similar thing. So Econo, uh and then you've also got Evans made a fairly major announcement uh, at the event called uh, Collab- Collaborate, which is a solution similar to this. So we've got uh, Spark, Interactive IntelliBA, and uh, Econo. I'm missing somebody. There's Slack, which wasn't at the conference, and um, I know I'm missing somebody. Um, I'm going to be later. But this new category that's emerging fairly rapidly, I think it's still very young, fairly immature. Uh, I think it's going to grow tremendously, and I think in the next few years, we'll be talking about this space. So... That's the answer to your question, Randy. Do you have any other, any other questions I can answer in 25 minutes? Or I,
2: well, during those 25 minutes, I was trying to wade through to find the post. Now that I have the URL, the client, long story short, I'm, I've got three machines running, and I couldn't transfer the URL. I'm almost ready. Here it is. I think I'm going to be. So that's, wow. Isn't that good? Okay, so in IRC, I have posted uh, Dave's Article, and you can find it by going to No Jitter, waiting 13 seconds, or dismissing the big ad pop up, and then clicking on posts and then waiting Uh, through uh, all the
6: findings. You're in your kitchen or something. Uh, No? It looks looks like you're in the witness relocation program or something.
2: Oh, look at this. No, you know what? I'm uh, I'm on link via the real camera, okay? That's my link. That's my Microsoft camera. Here we go. Any second. Oh, now I'm gonna drop out. All right, here we go. Who's um? Gosh, huh? Mr. Okay.
5: Michael's. Hey, how how are the folks at uh, Unify doing?
6: Oh, oh the, the Unify—that's the one I forgot to mention. Thank you, Michael. Um, so yeah, Unify. Um, you know, I, I think I actually feel much better about Unify. I I uh, was very concerned about them. Um, but again, they, they bet a lot on this new what I call anytime communications, and so they were they were really the first one to really launch in the enterprise space uh, and get the attention they deserved because you know they were laying off half the company and, and they don't have a strong presence in North America, et cetera. But um, their solution is evolving. The company seems to be evolving nicely. The company seems to be stabilizing, and so uh, I I do feel much better about these about uh, uh, unify and the, and the circuit solution
5: is, is that like one of the I hate to say this but is that one of the more visible sort of projects levering WebRT or is it more pervasive in that
6: sphere? Well okay so now, now you've uh, opened up two cans of worms there so <laughs> so first off I would say now that Cisco is in the space Cisco is the most visible uh, Cisco has uh, Cisco, Cisco was after circuit but launched far more aggressively, freemium model. Circuit does not have a freemium model; you have to pay for it. Has a free trial model. Circuit launched in many more countries. Circuit launched with many more cu- customers. You know, uh, 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 let's just say a 900-pound gorilla. Uh, and so, uh, so, so, Circuit is coming up the Circuit did a circuit. Uh, excuse me, did I say Circuit, Cisco, Cisco, Circuit. is all too confusing. So. Cisco launched it what they call it Project Squared, and they just put it out there. This is part of Cisco's new cloud mantra, where where you know ready ready fire aim, and put it out there. Or let's figure out how people use it. This gets and they've built in their infrastructure to really understand that and respond to that. They've been making updates really really uh, feverishly. Uh, they've they've done some changes, and the old the old school of thinking in in enterprise communications of course is two releases a year and and so you work toward these releases and features either make them if they don't make it then they have to wait till the next release and so Cisco is just kind of you know uh, micro releases and and uh, the product is expanding dramatically so what they announced when they named renamed Project Squared to Spark they also announced for the first time a freemium model there's a free core offering and then there's two levels of upgrades that you could now pay for, and I, I think it's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of momentum. Now, I use this category, anytime communications, very broadly, but the solutions that have that are falling into it are actually all very, very different. And so, one thing that Cisco is doing uh, that, because they have a huge installed base of both t- telephone and video equipment, is they're really f- trying very, very hard to build in. Compa- you can uh, integrate with your investments. So one of the things that Cisco did, uh, the term WebRTC. I so I'll just state WebRTC is dead. I'm done with WebRTC. It's over. But uh not to say that video based collaboration in a web browser is over, far from it. We're just taking off. Cisco what really needed H two sixty four in that uh in that browser. So they um they only use Firefox. Firefox will load in the background. Call it a plugin. Don't call it a plugin if you don't, if you, if you don't actually plug it in. Is it a plugin? That's the question, right? The tree, the tree falling in the forest. So, um, because Firefox will download the Cisco plugin passively, um, uh, it works fine with the Cisco H.264. Chrome doesn't support H.264. Uh, technically, and I think I believe this to be true, although it could be wrong. Uh, Cisco Spark is the only WebRTC application or Firefox that doesn't work at all in Chrome. Uh, it actually works, not without real, not not the real-time communications aspects, uh, you can't uh, you can't do voice either uh, as of today in Chrome. So, uh, so the WebRTC is dead issue. Uh, just to cl- explain that is because as I've written before, I wrote a post a couple years of losers, because the Web WebRTC, WebRTC never delivered or never promised anything. That we couldn't do technically, right? It was always we could always do video, we could always do all these things. Uh, what a what a, was this uh, ubiquity? This this assumption that I could assume that you would have a, a browser capable, and I can build my website that you. That was the big promise. That that was the the capability. That and in fact, uh, Tassie just recently wrote a post on Nojitter, I think uh, about two weeks ago or a week ago, that that talked about there's only four web artists right now, and it's the four browser companies, and I completely agree. Although they've agreed that they're all going to support the codex uh, today, only Firefox does. And um, so, so uh, we've, we've got basically I think WebRTC is basically dead, but I think that VP8 is alive and well. I think I think uh, uh, VP9 is coming well. I think the idea of having video in a browser is alive and well. But this idea that I don't need to worry about what client you have is is a far, far future or fictional future. I don't know.
2: Interesting comment, uh, Matthew. You should probably voice it.
0: Uh, I, uh, I was just talking with um, Tim in the side channel uh, about what precisely Dave was meaning by the anytime communication, whether it's talking about a mixed drink or whether it's um, just um, persistent, ubiquitous conversation history, like Slack or Hangouts or Circuit Spark, whatever.
6: Yeah, I think I think that is there, there, certainly a component of it, and but but the but the key p- component of uh, it, in my mind, is the asynchronous plus real-time. And so what we tend to do, and, and this is, it, 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 it's, a, it's a mind shift. I mean, the first time I really paid attention to this was with Project Ansible, which became Circuit. And when I first saw it, I looked at it, it didn't do anything different than what UC does. It's silly, it's stupid, I, I just didn't get it. It took me a while, then Circuit launched, I think, last October, and I started really diving into it. I said, oh, it's different. This is a different way of working. That's what, that's what Unify uses. They, they use the, the tagline, a new way to work. Um, and then Cisco jumped into it and a concept. And I was talking to them. And one of the slides that Rowan puts up in his keynotes, the last two keynotes I've heard him do, is he shows how much his email is decreasing. And we use email so much because it's effective and useful and everything. But it's, we, we've pushed it beyond where it should go. And so it, it, we have these conversations, and our conversations now center around documents. And you they, they say, so You send me a document, and then we start working on a document, then I call you up, then we have a video call. Conversations are all scattered. And so, this idea that, that the communications com- component uh, can actually be more central to our work is really what I'm trying to capture. Where we go, So, right now, you go to email all day, and when you want to make a phone call, you change your client to something else. And and so these these new paradigms, and possibly yours as well, um, is this idea of having a centralized centralized client. I I I didn't realize it. I I always complained about Link being a separate client. I always thought that Link should be part of Outlook. And um and and they always said, you know, we're not going to do that. And and I okay, I do my email, then I click to a conversation. But what's happening now is that that. We have, they call it, you know, depending on the solution, Cisco's calling them rooms for a metaphor, but you have a room, and the rooms are not just groups of people, but they're groups of subjects, and so so one example that came up at this conference is you might have a team that plans every year, and so that's the subject. We have a room. We've got maybe 10 people involved in this room. We share documents, booth plans, schedules, itineraries, all kinds of stuff room eventually comes to an end because that room, that conference, had ended. Well, speed forward another six months, the conversation started again for the next year's event. You resume that conversation in that maybe the people changed, maybe some people are gone, so they're not involved anymore. You add new people, but they can see last year's history, they can see the conversation history, they can see the old document last year, and and instead of having all that information and history located in your own personal email folders, which gets deleted when you leave, uh, or is almost, to just, let me forward you all my files, that doesn't really happen very often. Uh, you have this shared shared workspace that, that, you know, is either on top of your list because there's light, or if it goes dormant, it kind of falls off your list and then it'll wake up again when activity starts. So it's just a, it, it's kind of like, you know, I was talking to somebody about email. It's like, well, email every subject line so you can sort your emails by subject. You can sort it by who sent it, but you can't really easily sort it by a topic a broader topic with different people and different. That's what Google is attempted to do with this new, um, what do they call it, inbox, which I think is a terrible solution. But, but, uh, uh, but. So I think I think that's why I say where the puck is going. So we're changing how we work, how we communicate. These are a lot of things that happen overnight. There's learning curves on us. There's learning curves on the software. But I'm pretty excited about. Uh, you know, like I said, there were there were five major solutions on the show floor this year one of them being in a keynote, and there was only one last year. This is a space that's happening, that's changing very quickly. If I can just add something onto that from my
0: perspective, because I was at Enterprise Connect too and uh, wandering around, they playing at these new things, and... Um uh, I guess working on matrix.org is precisely the same idiom um, that Unify have with Circuit and Slack have, that it's decentralized and open source and open data so that you can actually earn your own conversation history. And the thing that really worried me is that there was very less on federation or interoperability between any of this new generation.
6: Yeah, that's more or less um, nothing new, right? Uh, of course... Um, so, so the general enterprise. There's a general shift in the enterprise that the enterprise doesn't want to be right. That's one. Of, that's driving the cloud. That's driving. That's driving. You know, one of the primary arguments for cloud is outsourcing. You're shaking your head no there, but uh, you know. I'm sorry that We're I'm cutting out. Uh, okay. you. But, 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 open source. You know, uh, when when Asterisk came out and open source was was really popular what, 10 years ago. There was a lot of predictions that, you know, Link and Cisco were doomed because the enterprise is going to, why would they pay for it when they could build it their own? And, and the reality is, is that those products, at open source and asterisk, have been very effective in, in, in impacting enterprise communications and impacting all kinds of technologies. But the core IT departments are still rather just purchasing products because they don't, they don't want to support it.
2: I, th- I think if I can interject for a second here, Dave, that's an interesting point. And yeah, um, open source and Aster- Asterix has done an amazing job and, and the other uh, focuses too. But in my opinion, uh, a name like Cisco has a huge value. So <laughs> to some people anyway, point is, it's st- this stuff is industrial, it's for you. It's going to work for the enterprise or Skype or whatever it is. Although Skype, the way it started... Uh, one understands why they're converting to a whole other naming system and so on. Although they're going back to Skype from Link. Is that the deal? Because Link would be the name that would be that label, that brand. Because the brand, point being, in that, the brand is this certificate of, uh, you know, this is genuine and this has been checked by um, people and so on. Whereas open source stuff has to start really modest. So, yeah, I don't
0: know. Randy, the point isn't about open source though, surely it's about actual um, interoperability and in federation. Because the problem that we have right now, all of the, the like, five companies that Dave has mentioned are doing basically the same thing with a very, very similar user interface and a similar feature set, and none of them interoperate at all. One company running a Spark solution and another one running a link solution, and they go and acquire one another or merge or whatever, or if, heaven forbid, you're an end user trying to track your communication in silos. You're screwed. I mean, there isn't other Matrix an equivalent to SIP or XPP or even SMTP going and gluing all of the silos together I don't
2: I'm
0: plugging my own thing
2: I don't disagree at all with what you said Matthew and I, I said open source said the smaller things that, that are up and coming or projects uh, my point being simply that these known names even Polycom I mean because the question this answers really is how does this stuff still a thing even I mean wh- who cares and the answer is these are these brands that are Really important, and a lot of people have a belief. Hey, it's probably like religion.
6: Well, I, I think it's I think it's it's an a- evolutionary thing, and and the, re- the you know we all we always say that interoperability is really important. Any end use, user will say that, but in reality, you know, we all vote with our wallets, and we tend to buy closed solutions. And the reason being is because we're really other things have higher priorities. And, and really good issues. I mean, there's no question about this. I mean, and now, I'll, I'll respond by saying that these are very young solutions. Now, when when Circuit was launched uh, in October, it uh, a lot of things that it does today. I mean, they, they're upgrading it very quickly. One of the things they announced recently is they now have SIP support, right? So, so they they telephone support in in Unify Spark. You could you could you could make video calls within within it using VP8 uh, uh, and uh, but there was no way to just do a telephone unless you turned off your video camera, and and so they make phone systems. And so the the obvious integra- the obvious answer was, aren't you going to integrate circuit with your phone system? What they instead and the answer was, yes, we did, but we did it with a generic SIP connector, and by the way, it'll work with most phone systems. And so uh, that was what that was there. Now, now both Cisco and Unify. Happen to be in that business, happen to have a huge base of customers that have phone equipment. Now, interactive intelligence coming at it saying, you know, I don't care if you bought a phone system last week; it's legacy. Uh, and uh, what we're going to do—they haven't launched it yet—but they, was they're going to be offering integrated telephony services as a cloud service with their service? They call it uh, Communicate. So they have Collaborate, which they just launched uh logic squared in the sense that it's free, there's no there's no pay model yet, you can download it and play with it. Uh, and uh, if you want to add voice in the near future you'll be able to add communicate to collaborate. It's voice service. And they're like, why would you want to integrate it with with the PBX? This is the, the era of the cloud. And so they demoed it in their in their launch. They had polycom phones, audio codes phones, and they and remember for these guys, uh uh interactive intelligence, they understand telephony very well and this is they're going to be able to pull this out. This is not this is going to be an easy integration. Biba, who is a much smaller startup and just more more of a real startup, uh, focused very heavily on video and they built a lot of great video solutions in and for their voice component because they didn't have legacy to concern themselves with, they decided to integrate with Twilio. And so they've added they have a phone calls with Twilio built into the service and you pay, pay your Twilio bill. Um but they're going to go slower with voice. Interactive intelligence will because that's not their their, their forte is, is video. So, like I said, it's a broad category. A lot of companies in it. Now, just one other point about interoperability. When when you bought a Microsoft solution and another company bought a Cisco, had UC and you had presence, you had voice and all these things, uh, that was great. But you, like you said, these two companies couldn't really talk together very well. Uh, now, now what's happening? In this next evolutionary step is that because Cisco is a freemium model. It's very easy to ask you to get a Cisco Spark account It's not quite what you're the answer you wanted and then made into my room and et cetera. now, how we actually export data if we can if we merged and all that stuff you that's a very legitimate question but but from a federation point of view by opening up the the freemium model opens it up to a much easier capability for uh, intercompany. Uh, collaboration and communication.
2: Quick, a quick question, Dave, uh, because I don't... Biba is the name of a young woman's magazine here in France. Uh, what is Biba? What do they do? It's not that uh, they're, presumably.
6: They're, they're a, uh, they are a startup. Uh, I don't know how old they are. Probably, I'm just guessing three, four, maybe, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out with, uh, with this very similar concept of circuit and project. Um, they have some nice funding. It's a lot of the executives that came out of Symantec and uh, they they've got a very nice story, very nice story uh, They, they had the vision uh, that some of these other companies had they're just moving a little slower because of their size uh, it's all they, and 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 actually, this is another important note about WebRTC. both and Biba initially wanted to do everything WebRTC, but found a little limiting and frustrating and so both companies now have native clients for windows and Mac uh, which is the same way that all the companies do it on on mobile. They have clients. So, like I said, WebRTC means nothing. I mean, VP8, yeah, I get VP8, uh, Open 260, got it. Uh, browser-based communications love it. Just don't call it WebRTC; it doesn't mean anything.
2: <laughs> does Does H 323 right exist? I mean, is that does anybody care about that?
6: It, it's the same. It's the same thing from a legacy perspective, and so yeah. Some who who? Uh, oh, Okano. So Conos is very young, progressive. And one of the things they announced is that we we now support 323. 3, it's like it's like you know you might not want to put that in the top of the headline you want to put that in the <laughs> because. But, but yeah, it's it's still important. There's a lot of it out there. We're for it.
2: Yeah, because if your tw- ten-year-old conference room conferencing system, or your old your Polycom uh, VT11 or whatever those things were called,
6: old stuff hasn't died. Uh huh.
2: Okay. Anyway, very interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying about the the. It's not a tech geek thing at all. It's more a label and marketing thing. So makes sense. You judged the uh, the innovation thing.
6: Yeah. So every year I, I do the innovation showcase. I I, uh, I try I try to recruit a few judges every year. I, I got uh, Tim to volunteer last year. And an interesting process. We we uh, uh, the innovation showcase was different this year. We made we made some fundamental different changes that uh, I don't know if Tim caught that. The previous year, the last four or five years—I don't even know how long we've been doing it. In the in the previous years, we've um, we've always had. Now I got a test signal, Maybe You are just—you have the attention, Canada. My cat. Drinking so, game. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, uh, in the past, it's always been focused on startups. It's always been really focused. We had limits on how old the company can be and how much revenue they can have, and and um, the problem with that—I like that. The problem with that, against Enterprise Connect is is a little more not really interested in startups. They don't want to be part of the experimentation wave, right? They want a little more polished. And so we were really struggling with, because how do we do it? Because they already have best to show. They already have some other events. uh, And and what do we do with it? And so we reworked it this year to eliminate the age and revenue requirements and the major requirement that was a stumbling block, was you had to be exhibitor to Enterprise Connect and so the logic was we want to introduce innovative new solutions to the Enterprise Connect audience and uh and that, that that was a great theme and I I was so excited I thought man I'm going to have Google in here cuz they've never exhibited I'm going to have Evernote in here cuz they've never I'm going to have you know companies that everyone knows household names um Slack I wanted Slack in there uh, I wanted to, you know, there was a, I, my fantasy innovation showcase and they were all, you know, just, you know, it was going to be the demandant the, the on the exhibit floor. Um, we did get these, but none of the companies I just described mentioned uh, applied. I reached out to their AR, their PR, their sales guys and said, hey, you should apply. And, um, you know, for the most part, you know, they're above that, right? We don't, we don't, if we go to events, it's not because we were judge worthy. Uh, we we go to events that we decide to go to. After the innovation showcase is subsidized. Are you suggesting we can't afford it? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm making up what their excuses were, but there, there was no, there was no interest whatsoever that I thought would show up. Um and uh but we got a, and then the other big change that we did this year was uh, and we did get some great companies though I don't I don't it was just we got in fact we got some pretty large companies too uh, the other big change we did this year was we opened it up to seven vendors we've always up to four and we thought we would have a little more momentum with uh, seven and I thought that all came together very nicely and so uh, very different showcase the companies that were in the showcase, let me pull them up here. Um, the companies that were in the showcase were Fuse. If you're familiar with Fuse, they offer a, a freemium-based uh, video collaboration model. Uh, they have um, – Are they German? No. No, they used to be – the Box, they they got rid of the Box. They dropped that a few years ago. Um, so it's a, it's similar to a WebEx, similar to a, yeah. to a, a Zoom – uh, it's basically video, and, and what's really interesting about it—it's a, it's a nice HD video, it's a nice mobile video. Uh, they've got a real nice story. They also offer room systems, and uh, what they—and it's all free. All the stuff that I just described, well, the room systems you have to pay for, but it's all free. Uh, with, where their revenue comes in, where, where you start paying, it blows my mind that they can pull this off, is PSTN. And so, if you actually want to dial into the conference, that's going to cost you. But uh, you, you can have a conference like we're having now, uh, number of advanced features, their underlying technology is powered by video, very good, uh, very efficient bandwidth, good stories. So that's Fuse. Um, we also had a company, very similar company, called Collaboration Squared. They, uh, So oh, I, I forgot to mention before we go through the list of vendors, uh, one of the other changes in the Innovation Showcase this year was in previous years, we just used innovation as the primary category, and we just said it's uh, exciting, and Tim can tell you that's a that's a hard thing to judge. Um, this year, we decided to keep innovation up there, but it was number two, one, we wanted to really focus on collaboration, and so we came up with a scoring matrix, and we felt that anything that was really helping people uh, work together more effectively, uh, prioritized, and so for example we got some great solutions for better management we got some great solutions for uh, uh, analytics and stuff like that but they're really collaborative and still in the scoring they didn't come out as high so 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 we got and, and we never ranked these vendors by the way we pick we pick seven vendors we put them in and the, we don't rank stuff. innovation showcase we don't put them in any so when I read when I read these to you in order they are just uh, the order that I'm reading them here um, so, Collaboration Square is a very simple video conferencing solution. Uh, they have they have a little more of this anytime element where you because they're using Econo. Uh, and they uh, their their brand is called U U, U U U I think it's how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting, very effective solution, uh, and um, and so uh, great to have them on. The next one was Red Booth. Red Booth is actually one of the more larger companies that we had in there. I think they cited one hundred eight. Uh, thousand users, something like that, uh, and uh, uh, again, an- another another online group collaboration, and probably a little more geared toward workflow than the others, and th- than, than communications, uh, a, a great solution, very interesting solution. Uh, to your point on Federation that came up, Nextplane was in there, a lot of you know Nextplane already, it's got a fairly well-known name, uh, they have not exhibited Enterprise Connect, and so they qualified, and uh, what they... They are mostly known as a federation uh service, not a gateway, but a federation uh so if you have Link and Cisco users that both have this messaging and voice and stuff that they can both uh effectively federate through Nextplane for for a per uh what people don't realize is that they're also getting a lot of traction just with between link users. I mean one of Link's big or uh I shouldn't say link users, I should say same technology customers. And so if two companies have Link or Skype for Business Zoom and they could just federate, that's one of the features of that product, but um, once you federate, anybody can talk. And and so with NextLane, you have more granular controls. You This department can 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 federate. Uh, you can set it up so that each individual user is approved and has individual rights. Uh, we had Phonami, which is uh, one of the smaller companies on board. Uh, uh, they have developed uh, basically a solution that, that uh, helps all calls get logged to salesforce.com in a very passive uh, back uh, that doesn't require a client, so kind of an MVNO type of offering. Um, we we had uh, Alto Cloud, which was collaboration with customers. Alto Cloud is a way of, uh, it's part of that WebRTC promise of, of uh, uh, tracking where your users are on your website now want to call the contact center, bringing in all of that context and helping understand what's going on, and it's got much more detailed analytics, uh, very thorough. off attraction uh, there's they, they were actually featured in several posts on No Jitter this week, um, and so uh, Alto Cloud, and then um, was that did they name it? Robotics? Uh, Double Robotics is one of these uh, robotic telepresence companies. Um, personally, I don't really get it, uh, but, well, personal opinion aside, it's a very clever technology, and apparently people really like it, and, and the idea of, of roaming the hallways with your iPad as your camera, and, uh, has a very, very strong applicability in a number of situations that I can't fathom, but, uh, but nonetheless, uh, there were, there were several on the exhibit floor, several, uh, and it's not, it's not, I think Double Robotics is great. They're the kind of company we wanted to the showcase. Uh, there were several robotics that were on the floor that did similar things that from bigger companies and whatnot. That the, the category is growing and emerging and doing well. And and uh, uh, I, I, I guess, you know, if it's it's I find it kind of odd because we, we could use technologies on our desktop that are so effective. But if you're not necessarily a knowledge worker and you really do need to walk around, you really do need to see things and do things, these are fairly interesting tele- telecommuting with a robotic presence. Um, one of the things they can't do is elevators because there's no way to push a button, or, of course, they can't do stairways. And so the idea is you have, and if you need to go to the next floor, you just jump from one to the other. So so this, this is how we're going to beam. This is the Star Trek vision of how we beam between the, between locations. We just beam between our robots. So Wall-E. that was the innovation showcase, and uh, uh, it really is a great opportunity because a lot of these companies, uh, you know, uh, we we did a presentation. We did we had a, a breakout session that was compact, standing room only, and each company got to do their pitch and their and a couple of them showed a video. The, the robot didn't work unfortunately. They were trying to use cellular 4G and they were trying to have the robot do part of the presentation, but unfortunately, a, a conference hall conference hall blues. So that was the innovation showcase.
2: Tim, did you want to say something earlier? You look like that, um, yeah. you, only
1: Dave mentioned Slack. And there's a really good interview on, panda.com. I post it on the um, in the chat here, and uh, it's really really interesting. He, he um, uh, it's the CEO there. He's talking about uh, basically messaging being the kind of backbone of the business now, um, and he's very interesting, smart guy. Long interview. I, I, I
6: think I, I may have thought because of you actually, but but uh, uh, I. And so, as I mentioned, the category is very broad. And so, in some projects—they uh, they say Cisco Spark or or Circuit or Unified Circuit is like Slack, and that's true. Like Denmark is like Sweden, right? But but in reality, there's huge differences between these products. And and uh, and, and that interview, uh, Stewart really talked about some of that stuff. And just as a point, as an example of that, one thing to my knowledge, and again, they don't talk to me, so I have to just kind of watch interviews and figure out the pieces. But uh, one thing that's, that Slack does is they really feel a very important part of their solution is openness. And uh, and one thing that Cisco really feels is an important part of their solution is encryption and privacy controls. And and so are, you could, you could tell that Cisco is talking to an enterprise and startup is, and Slack is talking to a lot, a lot of smaller companies. When I walk into startup companies, they're like, we have no meetings open here, and uh, we don't even have uh, vacation policies. You, if you're the vacation, go vacation. You know that stuff all works great in younger companies. It doesn't necessarily work well in larger companies.
2: James is saying hello from Tisbury. Okay, any other questions about enterprise? Uh, Dave Michaels, been a long time, Dave.
6: You know, as long as you, th- I, uh, I'm trying to do my, uh, my. Um, I'm trying to do a lot more walking, so I always listen to uh, my dog walks. I always listen to VUC, my dog walks. It's just hard for me to come in here in real time on Fridays. Wish you would,
2: from time to time, especially those cage match things we did. That was years ago, but it was great.
6: Didn't you no, say no, you no, changed... The problem is, is that you guys are always wrong about everything, and so. Did you change sides on that anyway. You
2: were for hosted, and then you were against, or vice versa.
6: Oh no, we we did that. The cage match you're talking about was Prem versus Cloud, and I took Prem and my Cloud. Right. And uh, although. Although his argument in the cage match would, was completely weak and wrong and I dominated the, and won, he won the war. Totally cloud now.
2: <laughs> That's funny.
6: Who wants to I just my, my, Michael did a great job, and he knows that. Yeah. Other than you know me, I'm always being sarcastic and facetious. Well, don't, what we don't need, even ask.
2: Well, now <laughs> we need to do the WebRTC is dead cage match.
6: Yes, it's dead. <laughs> what do you think about that, Tim?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I've been saying that the JavaScript side of it is less important than the protocol I think the protocol, so the protocol and the huge part of open source is incredibly important. The, um, the the JavaScript interface is yeah, it's nice and it, it, it's interesting but it's not gonna not going to be the thing that's going to hang around did I bet you a bet you if you look at a lot of the new products at you see although they didn't say WebRTC inside. I bet you they were using some of that, and I bet you they were using the protocols.
6: Well, you know, that. so there was a post I did a while back, and, I, and um, we had this big debate. It was actually actually around Biba, uh, by the time, but I was considering Biba a WebRTC company, and some people were pushing back saying they're not WebRTC because they have a client. They tried WebRTC, and they just... But their client was using WebRTC. WebRTC technologies, and so what is and so and so the guy that I was arguing with said that you know he pulled up the spec of WebRTC and browser-based technology, and and so I, I, it was an interesting debate, and it forced me to reach out to people like Tassie and and Eric Lagerway and try to you know try to get some more opinion. Where it is the line, and and. And te- and we decided Biba was WebRTC at the time, but but the but the point was is that uh, Tassie had this whole thing. Uh, he just goes, hey, if they could more, and they're doing it now, um, it's WebRTC, and I don't care if it's a client, I don't care, whatever. And so I've taken that a step further, and I'm saying it's not WebRTC, that it's the codecs and technologies. But yeah, I'm very excited about what the techno- what the t- thing has done. I just really feel that that uh, the original the original bill of goods. Far from being delivered, and, and, that, and that was this—that that was so important. Was this this concept of universal that I could just assume? I could, I, a company can build that allow you to talk to their contact center agents, which they could always do. They've been able to do that for five, ten years, without having to do install a plugin or without having to assume that and being able to assume that your browser would be ready. And we're no closer to that than we were before.
1: Oh, I think we're closer. We're just not close enough.
6: Okay, fair enough.
2: Are you sitting in a subway car or something, Tim? No,
1: I'm sitting. I'll show you where I'm sitting. Oh, Mm.
2: you just changed. It looked a little weird because you have a door behind you and so on. Yeah, Changed angles. You cut out the woman who was behind you. No, there's, yeah, they, well, she was actually, she was off to the side, but the point is that yeah, the look is different, and there's different pipes and stuff like that. Any, uh, we can probably...
1: That's how, they, that's how my beard... Oh, okay. I hope.
2: Well, mine's gone already, and it's time to think about... Oh, I've got something on the fire, too, I've got to go look at. Uh, further with... Uh, before we cut this off, because we've been running for over an hour and a half, and it's probably better to keep it a little bit short. Yep, I'm good, but Dave can stay with us after for the mature audiences only.
6: There go. I've been out of town all week. i got things to do. So, uh, well, I'm but, sorry
2: uh, we delayed, but unfortunately we couldn't wait too long to start. So,
6: Oh, no. You, you got uh, to you know, you know what it was, enough, and, and and uh, I turned on my computer, and it took me about 20 minutes. It had so many updates. Updates, to- of course.
2: <laughs> there was a scene, there's Arrow, and the guy was on an island for five years. And he comes back to the company and reboots all the. Wi- they, and they are sponsored by Microsoft, obviously product placement. And he reboots all the computers, and they're all booting. And it's like they skip the part about how there would be five years of updates.
6: Yeah. Let alone yeah.
2: updating the OS, right? But also, it's really funny. They and they can. They have Windows phones. They have Windows, uh, what the Surface c- c- tablets and everything else. Every there's all kinds of views of all their stuff in it. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I
6: just, just kind of one thing that I wanted to address because you, sure. you mentioned about Skype versus Link and, and all that, and, and I think there's some good confusion there, so uh, so you got Skype, which I know you've used and yeah. you got Skype so that's Skype. That's not really changing, I mean it's changing as it, as it always has, there's a new version it seems like every Tuesday, but but whatever, Link isn't really changing either, it's mostly a rebranding effort, and the reason being, and I, it makes sense to me, is that when you walk into an enterprise that doesn't understand what you you, the conversation goes like, well, do you know what Skype is? You say, yeah. Well, it's like that, but for business. And so so they're, they're renaming it. Now, Link already supports Skype video and Skype voice. They've already managed that federation. It's a clunky federation. So one of the things with the new release of Skype for Business is they've dramatically improved the federation. They did a cute thing where actually the Link, I don't know if this is true on Skype, but on Link they've done a much better job where you put in somebody's name and then you could add, you know, in France – and really narrow things like that, or or uh, and and uh, and so so one thing it's terrible to find people in Skype directory. It's really hard. So they they've really improved that. So obviously both continue to improve and continue to evolve. But Link is not dead by any means. They're not replacing Link with Skype. They're renaming Link Skype for Business, mm-hmm. and they're continuing to integrate closer and better together. And one of the key benefits of that is if you have Link in your business and you want to do like we talked about. Reach out to a contact. Reach your have your contact center reachers. Is that you could, in theory, have a consumer come in on a on a Skype connection. Remember, uh, 800 numbers are all national, so you you bypass that national restriction with Skype, and rich video and presence and all that stuff in a contact center. If you had a contact center that was powered by by Link or or a, a Link solution that had a third party, not quite there yet. That's the kind of vision, that's what's happening with the product. So so don't think that Link is, is dead. It's really more of a rebranding than mm-hmm. anything else.
2: And like I said, this branding thing, uh, I'm not sure that Skype is the right brand, but what you just said makes sense. So maybe I'm totally, maybe it's what I think was the opposite of the truth, which is that Skype is the name. I mean, I associate Skype with uh, the grandma and the grandkids, but... Um, if business, if you walk into a business and they they don't know Link, but they know Skype, uh, you go, well, this is Skype for business.
6: So it makes and sense. One of the things they, have, they showed yesterday at the keynote was the new uh, video call you have in Skype, which would look a certain way, looks like a Skype call. Mm. Uh, it, it, they, they're, they're making the UI more, what they would say is they're making the UI more familiar because everyone knows what a Skype call looks like. And so you've got to remember that Skype's got a lot more users than Link does. and so Right,
2: right. So they're hoping to cash in. Okay, we're going to uh, take it out here. Anybody who wants to stay in the to do so, but we will be cutting off the public thing after this message. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. we VUC.ME on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSip.com. The site at VUC.ME is on Bluehost.com. ZipDX.com for our wideband full featured conference bridge and our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone. every Friday 12 noon eastern time see you next week
6: look eyes keep watching the skies step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family